and welcome to the Sacred City Life Podcast. This is your host, Pastor Justin Dean. This podcast is all about helping you follow Jesus in the everyday, normal rhythms of life. And I've got all the gentlemen with me today. So guys, would you say hello? This is Rob Spikstra, Pastor of Discipleship. Kevin Kenora, Pastoral Assistant. Alex Tate, Sacred City Youth Director. And this podcast mainly is for our Sacred City Church family. But if you are listening, listening from around the country, around the world, we welcome you and we thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing and uh, passing these podcasts on. If, if they are helpful, we are getting a wider and wider uh, listening uh, group, and we're just really thankful for it. So thank you. Tonight, I would like to um, spend some time thinking and talking about basically uh, the why we are spending 13 weeks in um, the first three books of Genesis, or the thir- first three chapters of Genesis, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're doing a sermon series at Sacred City Church called Origins, where we're going back and we're going to study very in, in, in depth uh, the first three chapters mm-hmm. of Genesis. Now, I've preached through Genesis before, and I think I did Genesis 1 in one week, and I think mm-hmm. I did, or maybe I might even did Genesis 1 one week, then Genesis 2, and then Genesis 3. And I think it was about a you know 50-week uh, sermon series through the book of Genesis. But I'm spending 13 weeks just in those first three chapters. And the main reason I'm doing it is because, well, there's a couple different reasons, but number one, if you want to understand something, it's really helpful to go back and look at its origin. Hmm. Right? Sure. Sure. So how many guys have ever tried to hammer uh, hammer a nail with a screwdriver. <laughs> Hopefully not too many. <laughs> I, I got to be honest and tell you that even though I am a carpenter, uh, I have done it before. Why? Because all I had on me at the time was a screwdriver. <laughs> and so I flipped that bad boy over and I tried to use the back of the handle to, to hammer that nail in, right? Uh-huh. And it, it doesn't work very well. It doesn't work very well, right? But a hammer is made to, to drive a nail. That's mm-hmm. what it's for. And that screwdriver is made to turn a screw. Right. So if you understand what something was made to do, Mm. you'll understand its function. Right. And then that screwdriver, when I'm using it to drive a nail, it doesn't work very well. It damages the screwdriver. And my argument is human beings don't know what they're for. They don't know why they were created. Mm. They don't know the direction they're meant to live their life, their purpose, their meaning. They don't know what their sexuality is for. And so since they don't know its origin and they don't know at the beginning, they're using it in all kinds of damaging and destructive ways mm-hmm. that are contrary to nature, that are contrary to God's design, and therefore they are incredibly depressed, mm. they're incredibly anxious, mm-hmm. there is so many broken relationships and broken marriages and broken covenants and kids growing up without fathers, and I mean, I could go on and on and on about all the the damage that's downstream from this, right? Mm-hmm. Now, all of that fruit that's downstream, it's really hard to talk about. Think about that apple tree. It's really hard to inspect all those apples mm-hmm. and talk about what could have been better and how it you know, could have been fixed and all this, right? right. You, what you got to do is you got to go all the way back to the seed. You got to go all the way back to the origin. You got to go all the way back to the beginning. And if you get it right there, way upstream, mm-hmm. right, it's going to answer a thousand questions downstream. Mm-hmm. 
And so my desire is to go upstream, mm. right? To go all the way back to the book of Genesis and look at God. Like, what is God, mm -hmm. right? Who is God? What is God? Mm -hmm. The doctrine of God. And then look at a doctrine of creation. Mm -hmm. Why is there something rather than nothing? Right? That's a big philosophical question. Maybe we don't answer that, ask that up very often, but that's a big question. Why is there something? Atheists and most people just say, well, it just happened. It was just an accident. It just, right? It just came to be. Well, no, the scriptures say, no, God created. Mm. So God creates something with a purpose. He has a design in mind. He, had, he has a desire to accomplish. He creates them. It, you see in the, in the garden, he, he builds a place for them and then sets them in the place. Mm -hmm. There is division in his creation between the waters and the land, between the animals and the birds. And the, and the, and the, he makes everything according to its kind and puts it in its place. So he did not put us in the ocean. Mm -hmm. He didn't put us in the air, right? Didn't give us wings, didn't give us gills. He put us on the land and he told us to be, be fruitful and multiply, right? So my desire is to go back to the beginning and to look at all these things, to really think deeply about creation and what is all, all the division, you know, light from dark, mm -hmm. water from land, male from female, humans from animals. All of those divisions were meant to be distinctions to mm -hmm. teach us something, right? Yep. And to tell us who we are. And then what does a marriage look like? What does parenting look like? Gonna be, what does sexuality look like? What is that for? There's going to be, a, what's the cultural mandate? There's going to be a lot of things that we're, we're talking about. Mm -hmm. But I have, the longer I have been gospel-centered, the more I have seen so-called gospel-centered pastors and gospel-centered churches and gospel-centered Christians drift into what I would describe as theological liberalism. Mm. Bas or maybe we could call it theological minimalism. Mm. Sure. Nothing else matters but the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Mm. Okay? Get to Jesus. Talk about Jesus. All I want to know is about Jesus. Jesus died for my sins. That's all I want to know. Over and over and over and every single week, I want to come in here and I want to know Jesus died for my sins. I want to know about Jesus. And here is an audacious claim. Uh-oh, here it comes. I'm about, to, I'm about to make Get your pen and pencil out. <laughs> if you get creation wrong, hmm. it's impossible to get redemption right. Hmm. If you get creation wrong, it's impossible to get Jesus right. Yeah. It's impossible to yeah. get the gospel right. Okay? Sure. So all of these so many of these people that are caving on things like homosexuality, homosexual marriage, they're ca they're like it doesn't matter, it's a tertiary issue. The church should just preach the gospel. Wrong. You're getting creation wrong. When you get creation wrong, it's going to change the way that you understand who Jesus was, what Jesus came to do what Jesus accomplished on the cross, and how now we are to live. So when you're saying you get creation wrong, I'll be curious on what you re are you referring to. Are we talking just simply, hey, I'm, I'm an evolutionist versus a creationist? Is this what you're, you're okay. re referencing, or is there more to this than just so, 
that simple When dichotomy. I first planted this church, I was reading commentators that were kind of saying like, ah, we don't really know if, if the earth was created in six days. We don't really know. It's not really that big of a deal. It's kind of a poetic description anyways. Mm-hmm. Maybe God used evolution to, to create it. It's not really it's not really that big of an issue because Jesus came and we know Jesus is the son of God. He died for our sins. So, so it's just kind of like many Christians have just either not studied it or mm-hmm. they just kind of, Oh yeah, it's not really that big of a deal. Okay. Now if I don't believe that God actually created the way that he, he says he created in the garden, mm-hmm. it's going to create all kind of problems. Mm-hmm. So what's the first problem? The first problem typically is, well, what is a man? What is, what is a woman? What is masculinity? What is femininity? Okay, wait. Let me just make sure I understand what you're saying here. So you're saying that my understanding of how the world was created is going to affect the way I understand what what it is to be a man or a woman, masculinity, femininity. Is that what you're you're arguing for? That's that's what I'm. And I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. That's. I mean, obviously we get it. Like if we came from monkeys, right? If we if if everything if we live in a closed system that's just molecules and atoms and carbon, mm-hmm. first off, you got to believe, and I'm going to talk about this in my first sermon. This might come out before or after, I don't know, but to be an atheist, to be a materialist, you've got to believe in several miracles. Mm-hmm. First, you got to believe in the miracle that something came from nothing. There was nothing, and then carbon showed up. Mm-hmm. Okay? Well, miracle number one. Mm-hmm. All right? Then from carbon or stuff or inanimate matter, now you have life. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Where did that come from? Where did animation come from? Right? If it was just Mm. dead matter, where did animation come from? Where did life come from? There's miracle number two. And then you've got some kind of lower form of life, whatever that is, if it's an amoeba or whatever. And eventually that life, miracle number three, gains personhood, gains consciousness. Mm -hmm. You know, they... Evolutionists love to say like whatever it's like, like chimpanzee or something is like ninety nine point something percent uh, similar DNA, and I'm like, that doesn't mean anything, man. Have you seen them? Have you seen them? Mm-hmm. Can you talk to them? Right? Do they do they play music? Do they write poetry? Mm-hmm. Like whatever's in that point one percent is divine. <laughs> whatever that keeps us, you know, loving and creating art and being self conscious and making fire and building skyscrapers, that 0.1% separates us from the animal kingdom quite a lot, right? Yeah. So to be an atheist, you have to believe in three absolute miracles, right? Right off, right off the jump, okay? <clears throat> or you can be a Christian and believe this one. God created the heavens and the earth, mm. right? And he made us in his image. So <clears throat> here, here's why I... I mean, I, I'm going to go off on this... Uh, I'm, I'm, there's a lot to talk about, and we, I welcome people's questions. But so I got a question for you. <clears throat> yeah. So I mean, you, you, you keep saying all these other pastors are, are getting it off, and all these different things. Like, what is it that like you do on your like in your alone time and your study time that is like helping you stay focused and gospel centered? Because there's something about these other pastors that if you use the analogy, they're at the beach, and before you know it, they're hanging out in the ocean, and before you know it, they're taken away, yeah. and they get looked back up and they're nowhere near their stuff. That's a great you know? question. So, so I was talking to Pastor Sam from Sacred City Moline yesterday. And first off, I'm going to say God through his spirit ha- is just keeping me. 
Okay. Yeah. And I, and there's there's been seasons that I've that I've wavered. And I've listened to the voices of men too much, <clears throat> but one uh, probably the the biggest thing for me is I feel like too many pastors they stop studying after seminary. Mm. They stop studying the Bible yeah. after they get the degree mm -hmm. and then get the job. Now, here's the deal. I think most Americans do that. Yeah. Most Americans only study enough to get the job. As soon as you pass the bar, as soon as you get into your career, you just stop studying and you're just okay with making your salary and doing your thing and you've got other stuff to worry about. Well, <clears throat> I don't think that's a Christian way of doing anything. I think we're meant to be lifelong learners. And I am just as hungry for the word of God as I was 10 years ago, as I was 20 years ago. I'm probably more hungry now. Sure. I'm just as hungry to learn and to read and to study doctrine and to read big, thick books. I'm intrigued by God. Mm -hmm. God is incomprehensible, the theologians say, which yeah. means we can never get to the end of him. He's, yeah. We can never exhaust his knowledge. We're finite. He's infinite, right? A finite cup, you cannot pour an infinite amount of knowledge into a finite mm -hmm. cup, right? It would overflow. It would yeah. destroy it. So I can never get a whole, get enough of God. I can never get a full grasp of his truth, of, of his scripture. And so all I can say is I'm hungry. Mm -hmm. I'm still hungry. And so it wakes me up every morning. I, I want to know more. I want to know God better. I want to be able to communicate it better. Mm. <clears throat> and so I'm constantly learning and evolving. And, and specifically in the scriptures, like, I'm reading the Bible more and more and more and more. I'm, I'm memorizing the Bible more and more. I'm understanding the Bible more and more. What I'm seeing most pastors do, or maybe not most is wrong, but I, I think I really do see it. In my experience, it feels like this. <clears throat> they get a certain amount of knowledge, and now they think they've got it, and they move on to other things. And it's usually how to grow my church, how to reach that neighbor, how to reach that person, how to grow a bigger staff, how to get a bigger building. They're just do, and they're not, mm. you know, they're, they're not still studying scripture. Mm. Yeah. Maybe just, you know, a little bit. And then, you know, they're on Twitter blowing their mouth mm. and saying dumb stuff that just makes them yeah. look like idiots, you know, and I've done it. I've done it before too. Mm. <clears throat> so, and, and the reason I bring these pastors up is because it's so rampant. It's, 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 it's getting pretty bad. It's mm -hmm. getting pretty bad. And I'm deeply concerned by the church in America. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I want people to be able to say, Oh, that's a false teacher. Oh, that's not biblical yeah. and, and walk away from it. Cause many of these guys have thousand, you know, 10,000 member churches and huge Twitter following and all this junk. And mm -hmm. they're, they're, they're false teachers. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> yeah, would you say it comes down to, as I'm sitting here, I'm thinking about uh, a few years ago when we went through Colossians and kind of a, a regular tagline in that was you don't graduate from the gospel. And so both in these pastors <clears throat> and in going back to the beginning and studying Genesis 1 through 3, would you say that's a call back to you, you don't graduate past where you came from, right? There's There's no... Um, next step. It's not, it's not the gospel. It's not scripture. It's not where we came from. Okay, great. I have that. And now I need to go pursue me. Would you say? Yeah. Well, it's just, 
the gospel is the ocean. It, it's mm-hmm. infinitely deep, and you sure. just keep getting deeper and deeper and deeper. So God, that, you know, Piper has a famous book, God is the Gospel. Like, that's the end. But, okay, let me say another controversial statement. Hmm. All right. Here we go. You guys needed more of these today, We're didn't drumming you? drumming up podcast topics. Get those emails. The goal of Scripture is not redemption. Okay? The goal of Scripture is not redemption. The goal of redemption is the fulfilled cultural mandate of the knowledge of the glory of the Lord covering the earth as the waters cover the sea. Hmm. So, here's what I'm saying. God created us a certain way. We we have to understand that creation if we're going to know how to live. So God shows us what the cultural mandate is. He tells us what we need to do. Be fruitful, multiply. He says, you're a man, you're a woman. Your gender is assigned to your sex. Has nothing to do with the way you feel inside, right? I've made you masculine and I've made you feminine. You prove it by coming together and making babies and going out and, and, and uh, taking dominion and cultivating the earth, okay? okay? That was God's original design. Then the fall happens. Now here's what people think. I'm meeting pastors who are in my own network who are saying the fall canceled out the created order. So now Break the creation, down. the creation now is structurally evil. Ooh. Creation now is structurally evil. Hmm. So now the goal of the Christian life is to get out of this body and out of this place. And so the Christian, we don't, a pastor literally told me the cultural mandate has nothing to do with Christians today. We're not, we don't wow. have to do that. That was God's original plan. But then once we fell, he, God came up with a different plan for us. And now the only plan is to get people saved so they can go to heaven. Hmm. Okay? Okay. Now, that is grace trumping nature or grace somehow conquering nature like nature is fallen now and so now grace does something totally different or redemption redemption does something totally different but is nature not cursed nature is cursed. cursed okay so listen that's that's what, that's what i'm saying there's little things that like, nature is structurally good mm. it's directionally sinful mm. it's structurally good it's directionally sinful. Like we're good because we're created in the image of Christ, but we fall short because of the sin and the fall. Yes. Okay. So our bodies are structurally good. We should honor God with our bodies. So directionally, we can use our bodies in sinful ways. Our bodies are good. We can use them in sinful ways or we can use them in God honoring ways. Do you see that? Yeah, yeah. That's Many people say your bodies, they think your body is the flesh and it's evil and sinful. Other religions teach that. Hinduism teaches that, that everything is spiritual and the physical is actually bad. That's not what the Bible says. So this creation, this world, the dirt outside, your work, sports, athletics, the sky, the animal, they are structurally good, Yeah. but they're directionally bent. So Mm -hmm. animals attack, we know that. Sinners sin. You can use money for good things or you can use money for bad things, right? So directionally, it matters how you use it. Yeah, yeah. 
you got a scripture over there? Well, I, yeah, I was just thinking of Romans 8, where Paul says, For the creation waits with mm. eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. Now, he's going to explain why. For This is Romans 8.20. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him, speaking of God, who subjected it in hope, here's the hope of creation, that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in pains of childbirth until now. So it is this idea that sin, when it, sin entered into the world, it subjected the creation to this futility and it went into bondage but that it will one day be free again. Yes. The freedom of the glory of the children of God. So it's, yes. yeah. So it's structurally good. Mm-hmm. It's directionally sinful, yeah, right? Yeah. So, so here's the idea. The idea is, and this is historic Protestant teaching. Grace does not cancel out nature. Grace restores or renews Hmm. nature. Hmm. So God's original intent was for Adam to lead his wife and for his wife to be a helpmate who was in submission to him and helped him accomplish the the cultural mandate, Mm -hmm. right? God made men bigger. God made men stronger to go out into the world and to, to literally to work it and keep it, right? Mm -hmm. The dust of the ground. He was from the dust of the ground. He sent out into the world and he's and he makes woman from the the side of man. She's to be relationally toward her husband. She's her life is to be toward her husband, his helpmate, and toward and she she has a womb that creates life. She her her life is meant to be lived directionally towards the home, towards the family, and he's directionally out there to provide and protect. Okay, mm-hmm. that's original creation. Then when they sinned, that structurally remain the same, but now it's directionally cursed. So we see how when it gets cursed, what gets cursed? The ground gets cursed. So now, Adam, your job's going to be a whole lot harder. Mm-hmm. There's going to be thorns and thistles now, mm-hmm. right? And what do we see with her? Oh, you're, you're, uh, you're going to get, it's going to be painful, painful to have child for, childbirth, but also he says, your desire will be for your husband mm-hmm. and yet he will rule over you. Mm-hmm. So, Women are going to be tempted to usurp the leadership of their husbands to to take over and lead their husbands instead of and men are going to be tempted to let them do it right and yeah. to 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 abdicate their responsibility. Mm-hmm. Okay, in comes grace, in comes the gospel, in comes redemption. What does redemption do? Redemption doesn't obliterate nature. It doesn't trump nature. It doesn't change nature. Mm. Redemption restores nature. So it, it turns us back directionally towards the way that we were meant to live. Mm, okay. So let, let me just go using that, what you used there with the, the, the husband and the wife. So would an egalitarian view of this would say, oh no, grace makes everybody equal. Yes. That, and so that's why they would say that it trumps nature. Yes. So that's how they, that's their philosophical underpinnings that gets them to that point where they say it just, it makes them equal. Yeah. Hmm. No, absolutely. It does not. I see. It does not. Grace restores nature. It brings us back to our original intent. Mm -hmm. Okay. So one way to say it is when God gave them the cultural mandate in the garden, he, the goal was to go from a garden to a heavenly city. Sure. He wanted them to do that 
on their own. Like in, in one sense, you know, he wanted them to do that without sin. And, and of course they mm -hmm. sinned, but once they sinned, he didn't have a plan B. Mm -hmm. God still has his plan A. Now his plan A is Jesus Christ comes, redeems them, and then enables them to fulfill that purpose. Mm -hmm. Right? Part of the plan yep. all along. Yeah. yeah. So people often say to me, Justin, you never see that in the New Testament. You don't see... So the, the, the people like this always say to me, Justin, we're just here to preach the gospel, and we're just here to get people saved. And, and, and basically they're saying, God doesn't care about the rest of your life. Right. God doesn't care about politics. God doesn't care about all this stuff. Except Jesus says in Matthew 28, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Yeah. In heaven and on earth. Not just heaven. In heaven and on earth. Go therefore, make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe mm. everything that I spoke to you, right? Mm. Until I come again and, and I'll be with you I'll be with you to the end, right? Sure. Teaching them to observe. Teaching them to observe everything that I taught you. Hmm. That's not just... Go back and look what Jesus taught. He didn't teach just how to be saved. Mm -hmm. He yeah. taught how to deal with your money. He taught how to deal with your family. He taught on how to relate to the Roman authorities. He taught on a lot of different things. And when you understand that Jesus Christ was the word that spoke creation into existence, John 1, he taught us that. He taught us the creation. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, <clears throat> grace restores nature. Mm. It brings us back to our original intent, and it enables us to do the cultural mandate. And it enables us to be masculine. It enables us to be feminine. It enables us to love our wife the way that Christ loves the church. It enables us to raise our children in a godly way. It enables us to have godly character as we live out in the world. It enables us to build good things for the glory of God. Mm -hmm. It's meant to take the garden to the city. Hmm. Yeah. Now, can we say then when we look at Revelation, Revelation talks about a city at the end here. Is this what we're referring to then? We're referring to that this is kind of in, in one sense, the end game is this city that brings glory to God. This is, is this kind of how yeah. you're, you're thinking how we see the story of God kind of working from mm -hmm. Genesis all the way to Revelation? Yeah. yeah. And people that say things like God doesn't care about culture, basically. God mm -hmm. doesn't care about culture building or culture making. I'm like, then, then why is he using trumpets in the, in the book of Revelation. Mm -hmm. Why do they got instruments? Right. What is an instrument? An instrument is a cultural artifact made by a human being. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it's good. That's, that's what it is. It's culture. And God's like, and when we see the, the new heavens and the new earth, it says the, 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 the kingdoms of the world will bring their cultures into it, yeah. bring their best right. into it. Right. So yes, God wants us to make music. Yes, God wants us to write poetry. Yes, God wants to, us to crack code and, and do the, the, cultural, the cultural mandate. Mm -hmm. Grace restores nature. It doesn't obliterate nature. So it doesn't obliterate the distinctions between male and female. It doesn't, distinct, it doesn't obliterate the distinction between clergy and, um, and, and parishioner. It doesn't, dis, it doesn't disti, uh, you know, obliterate the distinctions between nations, kingdoms. Yeah. It, it, doesn't, it restores mm. those natural order. It yeah. restores that. Uh, what what um, many 
theologians would call the sacred order, the way God built the world. Mm. So how does you, can you, can you restate what the end story or the end game is? I mean, you, you said at the very beginning there, it's, it's not just redemption. What'd you say? How'd you say yeah. that last part? So the, the, the goal of the Bible isn't redemption. Right. The goal of redemption is the cultural mandate. Okay. The, co- the, the completion of the cultural mandate where the knowledge of the glory of the Lord covers the earth like the waters cover the sea. So let me just ask you this. I think I understand, but I, the, here's the, you know, we, we use this as our shorter catechism, first question, what is the chief end of man? And it's to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Mm-hmm. How does that relate to what you just said there? Well, you, we would just say, how do you glorify God and enjoy him forever? Okay. So right? it would be you, through the... This is how you do it. You, you, you live the way he created you to live. Mm-hmm. So he designed you. Yeah. You use the hammer the way the hammer was intended. Yeah. You there use you your body the way your body was intended. Right. Men, be masculine. Mm-hmm. Ladies, be, be feminine. feminine. Yeah. Husbands, love your wife. Wives, respect your husbands. Mm-hmm. Make babies. If God blesses you and enables you to make babies, make babies. Raise them in the covenant community. Mm-hmm. Worship God. Build culture. Mm. Right? Like this is, this is what, and, and you're glorifying God and enjoying forever. And we end up in the new heavens and the new earth where these cultural artifacts make their way in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Songs make their way in. Music, instruments make their way in. Jewelry and all kinds of things are going to make their way in, right? You've got, you've got a city architecture that's, that's designed. So mm-hmm. it's, yeah. So, so this is the big idea that I've, I've, uh, been thinking about for a while I, and I, it's kind of, we're getting down to the base of it. Here, here's one thing. If you understand, let me, let me ask you this. I might use this analogy in one of my sermons. If you find a quarter on the street and you pick it up and it's got both sides are heads, what do you think? It's uh, false. It's uh, a yeah. sums off. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sums yeah. off. Right. All right. All right. So, so you don't say, well, it, it, it looks like money and it feels like money and it, it, it's just, it, it's money. It's just, it's just money. Yeah. You know right. something's wrong. This is right. counterfeit, yeah. right? Because you know there's a standard. Yeah, you know there's a standard, okay? So when you go back to the garden and Ooh. you see marriage is between one man and one woman for life, hmm. yeah. right? And then you hear somebody say, well, two men can get married because it's all about love. You mm. just picked up a quarter with two heads. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a different kind of marriage. Mm. It's funny money. Yeah, it's yeah. fake. It's counterfeit. It's not mm-hmm. a real marriage. Right. It's not a real thing. I don't care what anybody says. Mm-hmm. It's not real. Yeah. Yeah. It's not in line with nature. Mm-hmm. It's not the way God built it. Mm-hmm. And for Christians to somehow, well, I can go to a homosexual wedding because you know, I'm not really affirming it and they know my beliefs on it. No. You're, you're acting contrary to nature. Mm-hmm. Redemption renews and restores nature. It yeah. doesn't obliterate it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't subjugate it. It doesn't say that spiritual things are now more important than physical things. Mm-hmm. It, it, it doesn't do that. The Bible never does that, right? Like, or their soul is more important than their body. Mm. The Bible doesn't do that. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Grace renews and restores nature. Mm-hmm. It doesn't obliterate it mm. or trumpet or anything else. So, yeah, that's good. Yeah, looking forward to this. Yeah, this so is going to be, be yeah, this going to be good. We're going to get into some stuff, and uh, I'm, I'm excited. I, I think good. a lot of, uh, 
a lot of the issues that we're seeing in our culture today is because we don't understand creation. Yeah. And we don't understand how grace renews and restores, uh, you know, the created order. Yeah. Getting back to the basics. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Well, you can't get away from them because you, you can't, in, unless, you, there's no way you can embrace transgenderism unless you divorce creation. Yeah. 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 That's the only way that, that you can think that you somehow arrived here and you're malleable and your body parts don't say anything about who you are as a person or your sexuality or your gender. You think that you are an autonomous, which is a lie, an autonomous, malleable mm -hmm. creature that you can look within and define your own identity. Mm -hmm. yeah. And it's, that is contrary to nature. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's contrary to nature. So, all right. So that's, that's coming. That's coming in, uh, you know, starting well, right now. It's going to start next week, and then uh, it's going to be lasting for 13 weeks. So if you got questions on any of that, please email me at justindeen at sacredcitychurch.com. Uh, we are praying for you. We're thankful. We love you.